is Lacey Skulls from VH1's Rock of Love. And this is Talk of Love, the new podcast. This isn't just reality. This is real life. Hey, everyone. It's Lacey motherfucking Skulls. And this is episode 31 of Talk of Love. Thank you guys so much for joining me once again. So I want to say that since this podcast began, I really wanted to make a big effort to not get into topics that were political, or at least not too political or too divisive. And basically because, you know, we're all here to escape from all of that stuff, right? Like we want a sense of normalcy, a sense of nostalgia. And we're just also inundated with like the news and all this crazy stuff that's going on that like, this is where we go to, to get away from all that, right? But that said though, let's recap for a minute everything that has taken place since this podcast started. So the podcast started at the very beginning of February. Since then, we've had a global pandemic. <laughs> we've had multiple police shootings. We've, well, more than multiple, a fuck ton of police shootings. We've had protests. We've had riots. We've had hurricanes. We've had fires. We've, I mean, it's just been like so, so, so much. And for me to go, you know, you guys know I'm a very outspoken person. So for me to completely avoid all of that, I mean, within reason, makes sense, but it, we, we're getting to a point now, like there is very obviously an elephant in the room that I feel needs to be addressed. And last week and the week before on the podcast, you know, I was really wanting to bring you guys feel good stories and, and things that were just 180 degrees opposite of all the horrors <laughs> that are going on around us. But you know, I was thinking about it because as you guys, as I said, I'm very outspoken. I think that I can approach this with you because there is some stuff that has been going on in the news. So like, I just, I got to talk about because it's just unbelievable. But I want to talk about it from a perspective of empowerment. So that's something that is important to me to feel empowered and to be empowered and to to be either a part of a horrible situation or a witness to a horrible situation and knowing that there are ways through it and, and ways that you can either um, succeed yourself or, or contribute to a bad situation becoming better, if that makes sense. So, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about empowerment for a moment. First of all, the reason I'm even bringing this up is because uh, recently on the news, Jacob Blake was a man that was uh, shot seven times by police officers. He's a, a black man. This happened in front of his children. And it's just, it just feels like it's just one, one situation after another, after another, after another of people of color being either shot by police or killed by police. And it's, it's really, really upsetting. And I know that people who are a part of the African-American community, this is like not news to them. Um, and I think that because we all have cell phones now, there's so many security cameras, it has become aware to people like myself who grew up in Dallas, Texas, that I was a bit sheltered. I wasn't aware to the degree that how often it happens. And now I'm becoming aware. And I'm just like, holy shit, this is, this is horrific, you know? And um, so back to the whole empowerment thing. Let, let's talk about that. So I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I've kind of mentioned it in passing. When I was a very, very young child, starting about the age of five, I was pretty severely sexually abused for several years. And it was, it was really, really bad. And, and thank God I have 
a wonderful mother who believed me when finally years later when I came out and I became, uh, when, I, when I was open about this and I told people around me, my loved ones, what, was, what had been happening. She was very, very uh, supportive and really helped me get through that. So after, you know, when I was on the, re- the road to psychological recovering with that, you know, I was like, I really, I don't want to be thought of as a victim. Like that just, that sounds gross to me. Like I, I, I don't think of myself as a victim. I don't want to be a victim. I don't want that label. And it was always really important to me to, to be empowered because when I was a child, I didn't have, I wasn't empowered. I didn't have that power. So when I became an adult, actually really this started when I was a teenager, I, I was constantly looking for ways to, to feel empowered. So I never had to go through that again. So I never had to feel that powerlessness. I mean, there's nothing worse than feeling powerless and then having someone victimize you, take advantage of you in that state. So I was like, I'm never gonna let that happen to me again. And so when I got into animals and animal rights, you know, when I was a teenager, I had a horse and that horse saved my life and really helped me through the healing from the sexual abuse that I had suffered. So I just, I felt like I owed that horse my life, as ridiculous as that sounds. But, you know, that's when I really got into animal rights because when I became aware of all the different ways that that animals are are abused and victimized and stuff, you know, and animals were the ones that that were there for me when the humans let me down, you know, the animals were the ones that helped me feel like I was getting my power back. And, and I just couldn't believe the more I learned about things that were happening to animals in our society. I was just like, this is unbelievable. So instead of getting really upset or really sad or really mad, I was like, you know what? I want to do something about it. That's when I became an animal rights activist. So I've been an animal rights activist for 20 years. And the things that I learned while being an animal rights activist, I didn't realize until really the last few years, the strategies that we use are very much applicable to ways to strategize with other causes as well. And, you know, there was a lot of different things I've done over the years. You know, I've gone to so many protests. I've gone to town hall meetings. I've spoken with senators. I've spoken with city council. I have boycotted companies. I have raised awareness through education, gotten involved in legislation, was involved in rescue. Like I've done a lot and have learned all the different ways that you can strategize to accomplish a a certain goal within a cause. There's like so many different angles. And usually you have to hit multiple angles simultaneously in order to get change to happen. So one thing that was very important in any sort of activism is it's a numbers game and power in numbers. That is such a great phrase, power in numbers. It is so true. And when I was in California, one really cool thing that happened as an animal rights activist, I was a part of this whole group that was a that was wanting to have fur, this the selling of fur banned in West Hollywood. And they actually accomplished it. So in West Hollywood, it became the first city in the whole country where it is officially illegal to sell fur. So how do they make that happen? This is really cool. And this is where the empowerment comes in. So the city council there was one person in particular that was running to become a part of city council. So the woman who was in charge of this one animal rights group approached that person and said, look, I have a really big group of with a lot of members here and we will help you get elected. But if you get elected, this is the bill we want. We want it to be made illegal to sell fur. And if you're on board and if this is something that you can promise us that you'll do as soon as you get in, 
we will make sure to vote you in and we'll make sure that you get elected, you become a part of the city council. So sure enough, we held up our end of the bargain. We every, Everybody voted. We got this guy in uh, to the city council and then he held up his end of the agreement and he made it illegal to sell fur in West Hollywood. So that was like such a cool success story and so cool to like actually watch activism in action and see it work. So the reason I'm telling you this is because this is something like different strategies that can apply to all kinds of different causes. You know, I mean, obviously Black Lives Matter is, is something that is on the forefront right now, very much rightfully so, but there's all kinds of different issues. You know, there's issues for people who are in the LGBTQ community. There's still issues for women. There's all kinds of stuff that, that affect a lot of people that we need change. So now the one phrase that I was notoriously known for on Rock of Love was I'm going to target them one by one and I'm going to pick them off one by one until they're all gone. Well, guess what? Evil Lacey was actually kind of right in that scenario because this is something that we can do as a society to, to help ourselves in the causes that, we, that matter to us and the change that we want to make. So with that example about the city councilman and getting fur banned, it is, I cannot tell you guys how important it is to get familiar with your local government, local city council. And it's really not hard. It's just like simple Googling. If you just Google the city that you live in and Google who is your mayor, Google who is on the city council and get to know these people. And I'm telling you, you don't have to have any kind of special degree to do this. You don't have to have any kind of special life experience. You can get a group of your friends and people who share the same causes and all of you reach out to these people. and. You can also go to town hall meetings. I've talked about this before. But you can reach out to these people and you can have dialogue with them. You can email them. It is their job to listen to you. And so you can make yourself known. And so, you know, for instance, with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, the protests are very, very important. I always did a lot of protesting for certain causes that I believed in. Okay, now listen, I am not talking about the rioters. The people who riot and destroy property and are violent, those are not the protesters. Those are two totally different groups. So everybody needs to know that. That is so, so, so important. Protesters are not violent. They do not destroy property. The looters, those people are sabotagers, basically. So protesting is important. But another really important thing is, once again, to make sure that your leaders know, I'm watching you, and if you don't get the shit under control as far as like the police brutality stuff, I'll vote you out. I will vote you out, you know? And so the mayor, the mayor of your city is in charge of appointing the police chief. It is the police chief that is in charge of all the police and making sure that things run on the up and up. If the police chief doesn't do a good job, he or she can be fired by the mayor. The mayor is your person that you can elect in or out and they need to hear from you and go, look, you're not doing a good job. Your, your guy or your girl is not doing a good job and I'm going to hold you, mayor, personally responsible and accountable. I'll vote you out and so will all of my friends and so will this huge group. You do have much more power than you know, but it's important for you to educate yourself and know that you have the power, that these people have to listen to you. They have to listen to you. The mayor has to listen to you. That is their job. And you just need to make your voice heard. And I'm telling you, it feels really good to, to be a part of that. And um, the other thing, the district attorneys, that is super important too, because the DAs, the prosecutors are the ones who have the power and ability to hold rogue police officers accountable. And guess what? If they don't do it, then 
They can be voted out. You need to Google who is your district attorney and reach out to them and tell them what you want. And if they're not doing a good job, they got to go. You can vote them out. Let them know that, you know? And um, I will tell you something I actually just learned about today. Brianna Taylor, who was shot when officers went into her house and they were in the wrong house and they end up shooting and killing her. She was totally innocent. I think she was asleep in bed. But uh, just recently in Kentucky, another man was being charged for drug trafficking, I believe it was. And so they're trying to give him a plea deal, trying to get him to plead guilty. And part of the plea deal is like, if you plead guilty to this or that having to do with um, drug trafficking, and also if you say that Brianna Taylor was also involved in the drug trafficking, and if we can name her as a co-defendant on our case about drug trafficking, we will give you this uh, the plea deal of no jail time. But if you don't do this, then we will, then you're up for, for prison time. So they're trying to get Brianna Taylor, who they murdered as a co-defendant on a case about drug trafficking, and she's not alive. She is dead. She's not alive to defend herself, which would mean her family would have to go and hire attorneys and like go through this whole thing. And it's just like, it's shocking to me. Who the fuck is this district attorney that's offering drug traffickers plea deals for dragging down Breonna Taylor? I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Whoever that district attorney is, they got to go. Pick them off one by one until they're all gone. Reach out to them. Let them know. I'm getting rid of you. Find out who's running. Bring new DAs in. These are the people, the, the DAs, the mayors, the police chief. These are the people who hold police officers, and other members of the government accountable. And guess what? You do have a say in that and you can control that to a degree, especially if you become part of a group that you start or you can go and Google your your hometown and then just simply Google the words, you know, local grassroots organization for insert cause. It can either be local grassroots organization for Black Lives Matter, for police reform, for the environment, for animal rights, for women. I mean, whatever it is, there's a group that you can be a part of. This is where the power and numbers comes into play. Then as a group, collectively, you organize, you start reaching out to the mayor, you start reaching out to city council, you start reaching out to the district attorney's office, all these people who are in charge. And you go, I'm paying attention. I'm watching you. This is what I want. Make it happen or you are out. And then make sure that the people who are running, reach out to them too and go, you want in? You want my vote? Here's what needs to happen. This change needs to happen. This change needs to happen. This change needs to happen. You want in? You have to promise me that. And if you don't deliver, you're out too. So this whole thing is, it is designed in a way that does truly empower the people, but you have to know in what ways you can be involved and just have the education. It's really not complicated. As I said, I've been involved in it for a long time and it's actually pretty simple. If you just do a little little bit of Googling, you too can be empowered. So instead of sitting back and being upset, do something about it, you know, get involved. It feels really, really good and it will make you feel like you have a little bit of control over the things that are going on in your life. So there you go. All right, guys. Well, um, enough of that. I'm super excited for my next guest. You know you know her as Ice, and her name is Amanda, and she was on Flavor of Love Season 3. She was also on I Love Money Season 2. Please welcome Ice. Hey, girl, how are you? Nice to see you. Yes, you too. It's so crazy, and I'm, I don't know if you feel the same way, but like watching you on TV, and then like now we're like talking. It's so cool that we can connect 
because of, uh, you know, something we both had in common, which was being on reality television. <laughs> totally. I completely agree with you. And it's it's really crazy for me because when I started out doing this podcast, I was primarily interviewing the Rock of Love girls. So it yeah. was just, you know, interviewing my my friends and peers and stuff like that. But then now, because I watched Flavor of Love and all of those shows, now when I get to interview you guys, it's like I get to be the fangirl. So it's like really cool for me as well. Yes, I love it. Well, nice to meet you. And thank you for having me on. I'm so- You're so welcome. Very nice to meet you too. And, and I'm, I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Yeah, I was actually really excited uh, to have you on as well because I do know that you are a radio DJ. And yeah. I know that radio DJs are always like so much fun and like big personalities. So I'm like, I'm going to have fun with this girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm just that way, like in my normal life. It took me a minute to kind of figure out who to be on the radio, which all along it was just to be myself. Yeah. And so like I now am that. And so, yeah, I have a lot of fun. It's awesome. I love it. That's so cool. So you're, you're in Portland, right? Right? Yes, currently in Portland, Oregon, where I'm sure a lot of you are seeing some stuff on the news right now. And yes, it's all shit <laughs> happening right where I work. It's insane, man. It's it's insane. A lot of craziness, but I'm glad that you're you're doing well and you're <laughs> trying to maintain I'm safe. Yeah. And Good. yeah, just watching my back and just kind of like keeping keeping to my own and still entertaining and giving people an outlet to hopefully kind of release some of that angst that some people might have, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of what I'm doing with the podcast as well, is just trying to maintain some kind of like normalcy and something like outside of all that. But it's just, it's so challenging these days because even when you're like, let's just keep it positive and keep it light and fun, it's really hard when like all this insanity is going on around us. And like, yeah. you know, for me, I live in Las Vegas, so I can sort of like escape from just turning off the TV or putting my phone down, but you're literally in it. So I can only imagine from yeah. your perspective. I'm in the thick of it because where, like I said, where I work, we are about a block away from City Hall, two blocks away from the Justice Center. And that's where a lot of this has been happening. And even last night, the mayor of Portland, it was his birthday last night. And there were people like dancing to the Macarena in the streets, <laughs> shining lights on his building. Like, it's just like, is this really real life right now? And it really is. And it's crazy. And I don't know when there's going to be an end in sight, you know, but it's like all I worry about and, and know is that I can only control what I can control. And so that's, that's what I remember. And then that's just how I kind of, I go about my daily life. And I put it out in the universe that there, there will be some normalcy. I hope, <laughs> I, don't I, know, like that. I don't know how soon it's going to come, but like eventually we're going to get back to a different normal, but yeah. Yeah. Let's hope I, so. I think it's a really good attitude to have and just try to maintain your own, um, happiness and, Positive I'm, attitude. I, positive attitude is really a better word than happiness because happiness is like subjective. But but I will say absolutely. it's really funny because things have been so crazy this year. And actually, my husband and I went through a couple of crazy situations the year before. And I was talking to him one time and I was like, I feel like I'm at the at the place in my head. Like we all have to we have to have some kind of acceptance for everything that's going on, especially with the pandemic. But um, I told my husband, I'm like, I feel like if we were out and like, you know, driving down the street and like a tree in someone's yard, like just suddenly melted into a puddle and like turned into an alien that started attacking us. I'd be like, well, I guess we're dealing with that now. Like, <laughs> yeah, we have, that's a great word, acceptance. You have to accept what's going on and do your part to either change it or stand behind it or do whatever you feel is the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. But it's just, things are just so crazy. I literally like, I feel like anything could happen at this point. I'm like, oh, well, I guess we're done with that now. So yeah. I saw, a meme, I saw a meme the other day that it was like, 
this girl dancing to this dubstep doing some robotic and it was like being taken away to another universe. I'm like, yes, please take me away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, I love it. So let's talk about uh, Flavor Love, which is why why we are here. I love money, all that good stuff. So, um, Flavor, flavor. Flavor, flavor. I always say anybody who walks into a room and yells their own (laughs) name while wearing a Viking hat, I have to be friends with that person. Like that is- And a, and a clock around your neck. Like, dude, you got to be pretty badass. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. I completely agree. And I was a big fan of like his music and everything like um, yeah. that he was a part of and his whole message. And, you know, so um, yeah, I think that's just so cool. So when you, when you joined that show, what was going on in your life prior to that? Like, where were you living? What were you doing? How'd you end up getting to audition for that show? Yeah, that was actually a wild ride because that's when I had really just started out in radio. I was probably like three years in and this was back in my hometown of Detroit. And so we were hosting club nights and just kind of getting out. And I just wanted people to get to know who I was because radio was what I wanted to do for a living. And one night at a at Tonic Nightclub, this is in Pontiac, Michigan, they were doing an open casting call and Millen, shout out to Millen, he was actually hosting the club that night and he was like, you should try out for that show. And I'm like, yeah, right, dude. I'm like, I'm flavor, flavor, are you serious? And he's like, no, seriously, he's like, you should try out for that show. And I'm like, all right. So then like, I thought about it and then I was like, what do I have to lose? And so I ended up trying out. I was like, I drink 40s. I smoke black and mild. Like, get me on this show. Like, flavor, flavor would love me. I don't even remember what I said. But I do remember that my casting director was Scott Goldstein. And he just, there was something about me that he liked, you know? And and I think that's a good thing to point out of like, if you are a reality show fan, you want to be on reality TV, like do something to stand out. Because apparently that's that's what I did. And yeah, he ended up calling me and then we went to Los Angeles and did like another round. And then I ended up like making it on the show. And I was, I was 21 years old at the time. I'm 34 now. So it was like, then I, then of course I'm like, sweet, I'm on, but now I got to tell my parents I'm on a show to date Flavor Flav. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you knew it was Flavor Flav going into it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause some of the, yeah, some I, of the girls said they didn't know both on my show, Rock of Love and on Flavor of Love. Some of the girls like had no idea. I'm like, that's really weird, yeah. <laughs> but you knew. I, yeah. That's weird. Like you don't know what you're getting yourself into, but for me, like Obviously, it was the last season of the show, so it had already been out. And so I think that was what they they wanted you to know what you were getting into, I feel like, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That totally yeah. makes sense to me. So yeah. had you so you had already seen, I would assume, the first two seasons of Flavor Flav, of Flavor of yeah. Love? And the question I get asked all the time, were you on the season with the girl who took a crap on this stuff? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> that was and amazing. I was like, no, that wasn't me, dude. But oh my gosh, I couldn't believe it. That was um, insanity. And then, of course, yeah. like New York, but, but you kind of dodged a bullet with that. I dodged a bullet with that, but she did end up on my season just later on down the road after I had already got the boot. So Ah, I missed that one. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So that is just insane. So um, did you, so you hadn't actually been on radio yet. You were just, that was what you wanted to do with your, with yourself, with your career. Yeah, I was pretty much just interning and just kind of like doing weekend shows. Like I really didn't have like a full-time gig. Like I was still just kind of, you know, learning everything that I could and just absorbing everything like a sponge. And uh, I just thought it was a great opportunity to 
help get my name out there more and also start to build a brand for myself, you know? Yeah, and clearly it worked because you still go by ICE and you're uh, like a big time radio DJ now in a major city. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's like, that's really, really cool. And I got to say, I am really impressed that you did that show when you were 21 years old because <laughs> I was on Rock of Love when I was 30 and it was a lot, you know? And I can yeah. only imagine like 21, you know, you're still kind of a child and inexperienced at life. And so to, to take that on at such a young age, it has got to add like a whole other level of intensity to it. It really did because I'm such an outgoing person and I'm like, you know, I, I walk into a room and like, come on, let us talk, whatever, but go. And I'm sure you can relate to this because I feel like you and I are similar in ways, but going into a house of very similar personalities, some that are even more extreme. It it was a little overwhelming. And, and to your point, being that young, I haven't lived life, I felt like, enough to actually like, I I I was myself on the show, but I just was. I wish I was the person who I am today. If that makes sense, it you totally know? makes sense. Because of course, the older that you get, the you gain confidence and you gain life experience, and you mm. have most likely um, tried different situ different situations out different ways, and you know kind of what works, what doesn't work. So yeah, it, it definitely makes a huge difference. But um, yeah. but so when you first like on day one of being on a show, did you, did you feel overwhelmed? Did you feel like a little bit of like a fish out of water? What was your, what was like going on in your head on the first day when you're like kind of surveying everything? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I was just really excited. I was just excited for the experience. I was excited to meet Flav. I was nervous. I didn't know how I would be portrayed on camera. I mean, there was a lot of these unknowns, you know, but just the fact that I was chosen to do something like that, I think that excitement helped me, you know what I'm saying? Like get confidence to, you know, be myself on that show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely. It, it totally makes sense to me. I was excited. And for the, sure. the, one of the things that was really funny is you guys got to choose your names, which was, <laughs> which was cool. Because, I mean, because I will say like, some of the girls' names on the earlier episodes or even like Real Chance of Love, some of those girls, like the names are just so ridiculous. And I was yeah, actually dude. speaking with, uh, last week I spoke with Abby who is corn fed on Real Chance of Love. And I'm like, <laughs> that is ridiculous. Like she'll, she'll forever be known as corn fed. I'm like, wow. And fortunately, yeah, <laughs> fortunately, uh, the Rock of Love girls, we got to keep our names, which is which is very, that, yeah. a good thing. Uh, but yeah, sense. so you got to pick your names and originally you were going with Vanilla, which I sort of get <laughs> where you're going from, I think. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then Flavor Flav was like, uh, you're ice. So like, how, how yeah. did you, how did that happen? Like, and how did you go with Vanilla? He really, and I'm so glad he took that and ran with it because Vanilla sounds so cheesy to me and I am not cheesy, dude. Like when, I was thinking of that. And when we were told, I think it was Big Rick or somebody was telling us that we had to pick our own names. And uh, I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And then, and then I started getting nervous. Oh, so you didn't know ahead like, of time. You had to like, like right there on the yeah. fly. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's a whole other so, level of like pressure. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, oh my God. And so I was like, well, whatever. I'm like vanilla. I'm like, I'm a flavor, like flavor of love. And so I, so I was second in line to introduce myself to him because production always wanted me to be the first person be like, go grab him, go say this, do this. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and so I introduced myself to him. I was like, hey, Flav. I'm like, you can call me vanilla because I'm one flavor you'll never forget. And he looked at me. <laughs> I love that. And he's like, he's like, 
yeah, I'm calling you ice. And I'm like, all right, bet, dude. <laughs> or that, or that. Yeah, or that, like, that's funny cooler. That's so, cool, yeah, that's that, cool too. I'm so glad that worked out. That was my second choice, actually. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, that is better because when I think of vanilla, I think of, like, vanilla generally means bland. So you're like, hi, I'm bland. <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah. ice is edgy. So that's actually a good name. It really is. And so, yes, thank you, Flav. If you're listening, I love you, man. Right? I know. I can't even imagine if someone had asked me, like, on the fly, like, come up with a name for yourself. I'd be like, um, asshole. Wait, no, you can't curse on you. <laughs> um, daughter of Satan. Wait, might be offensive. To like, oh, I, I, I would have, God. like, all of the wrong, horrible, <laughs> horrible names. But um, fortunately, I didn't have to, uh, I didn't have to be pressured like that, like you did. So did you feel intimidated by Flav? himself or like what was your what was the vibe there or was he just like super laid back how did you perceive him I well to be honest with you in the very beginning just because it was like day one and it's like here we are let's do this cameras are everywhere so that was intimidating and then like I said the fact that they wanted me to like go talk to him like first but I think it was shy I think it was shy that like pulled him aside first um, and then I went and grabbed him like after that, but, and I was, I was nervous. My heart was beating. Uh-huh. I get nervous. Like I was nervous just getting ready to do this. I don't know what it is because I do have confidence and I, I can talk in front of people, but it's just that adrenaline. I don't know. I'm the same way. Um, I get like the beating heart for me. It's the anticipation. Like yeah. whatever it is, I feel the same way. Like I feel pretty self-confident. I'm good at like public speaking and, and talking to people. I know I'm not going to like make a jackass of myself for the most part, um, but right. I'm the same way. It's, it's for me, it's the anticipation. I, and I hate it because you think you're calm, cool, collected. And you walk up to the person and you're like, oh shit, my heart's beating like 500 miles per hour. And like, oh, I'm so sweating. <laughs> God damn it. But then once you like, for me, once you get started, then it's like, okay, then we're you're- cool. Yeah, like right now I feel completely fine. And that was the same situation with Flav. Like when I started talking to him and he was like, so why are you here? And I'm like, I don't know. Like I legit said that, dude. Like I legit said, I don't know. And uh, he was like, what do you mean you don't know? And I'm like, well, listen, I'm like, and this is what a lot of people remembered about me from the show. I was like, I'm not going to sit here and be like these chicks and say that I'm in love with you or anything like that. I'm like, if we grow to, you know, like each other and want to explore something, great. And if we don't, like, I was like, that's great too. So we'll see where it goes. And that's kind of where we left it. That was like the initial night. But as the show progressed and I had won my first challenge, I got to go skydiving with him. So like being able to experience that with him driving in a limo with, I think it was Miami uh, and Hotlanta and somebody else. But he was just so cool. And then we went ice skating. I, I won another date with him and got to go ice skating. So from the time that I spent on that show, um, I really got to enjoy his personality. And he was chill, man. He was the most down to earth dude that I've ever met. That's awesome. I've actually heard that about him from a lot of different people. So I think that's and awesome. He lives in Vegas. And so I have a lot of friends in the industry and he performed at Movement, which is a music festival in Detroit. And it's every Memorial Day weekend and Public Enemy was closing it out one year. And this was probably like, I don't know, seven or eight years after the show. And he, my, one of my friends with a, was a photographer in the back and Flav was coming off the stage after, after they were done. And he's like, Flav, that's ice. And sure shit, Flavor Flav turns around and he's like, that is ice. And like, he came back and like, actually like had a conversation with me. And a lot of people in Vegas will tweet me and be like, your boyfriend's at the bowling alley. I'm like, oh my God, dude. <laughs> that's so <laughs> cool though. He's dope. And then they, in Detroit, Mojo in the Morning, they did an interview with him, talked about me being on the show. And he was, and Mojo was like, be honest, Flav, did you and Ice ever do it? And like, Flav was like, Flav was like, 
Nah, man, me and Ice were cool, man. It ain't like that with me and Ice. And that right there told me like, he's a cool dude. That is so, so awesome. That makes me really, really happy to hear it. And that was like the kind of vibe that I got. I will say for these shows, the the quote-unquote bachelors that they got, they got some pretty good people. And like, Brett was the same way. Brett Michaels was like just super cool. And the one thing that I loved about both Brett and Flav is a lot of people, right as soon as those shows got done airing the first time, a lot of people were like very, very slut-shamey. I noticed, and I didn't really expect that, but it was it was pretty bad, I noticed. And especially for Rock of Love, it was like, oh, all the girls are whores and all the girls have like yeah. STDs. And, you know, and it was like very much a double standard too, because of course the guys, they never get, you know, talked about like that. Right. But right. Brett, and from what I can tell Flav also, like they never ever talk shit about the girls. They never had anything disrespectful to say. If anything, Brett gives the girls credit for the show being successful as opposed to like taking the credit on himself, you know? So yeah. I like I think that's just really cool. I think it's really important too. I agree. Yeah. That's have you seen Brett since the show at all or no? Have you Yeah, you I've actually seen him quite a few times. And and in fact, I've since I'm married now and my husband loves Brett. And so literally last year in Las Vegas, which is where we live, my husband and I went to go see uh, Brett Michaels' band perform. And we went backstage and then my husband got to meet Brett and Brett was like super nice to my husband. And my husband just like thought he was just super cool. And then of course they both like comparing notes about me. And I'm like, hang on a second. (laughs) This is not why I brought you two together. (laughs) Let's get some cameras rolling and a check going and we're good. (laughs) Right, yeah. But um, I mean, yeah. So he's been like super, super sweet and nice and humble, which is is really great. And so, and I think it's cool too for you that even though you got eliminated relatively early on Flavor of Love, you still got to spend like a pretty good amount of time, especially compared to some of the other girls that got sent home early. So, because you said you won two dates, is that right? Yeah, I won two dates and we did, you know, the challenges and we just happened to win. And, you know, what had happened, how I had left was kind of crazy because it really, that's not how it played out in my brain as to how things unfolded, you know? And so- of course, you have producers and people kind of steering the storyline in a certain direction, the way they want it to go. And on off days, I would just call people from Detroit and my friends at the radio station, and they made it seem like I was doing radio interviews from the house. And so I get it, dude. I wasn't there for love. That was so out there. And I'm not going to sit here and hide anything. And I think for the short amount of time that I was on, I got a lot of airtime and I was myself and I'm proud of that. And Prancer, she might listen to this. You're from the D. You called me out, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you about Prancer. Yeah. You yes. know, I mean, I will say it. There, there was a number of girls on both Flavor of Love and Rock of Love that were not really there for love. And, right. you know, like for me going on Rock of Love, I like, I just want to be friends with this guy because I think he's like so cool. And I was a big fan of his. I was a big fan of Poison. So like I wanted to have a connection with him, but like on a on a friendship level, on a peer level like that, you know? But the thing is, since it was, both these shows were competition shows. And so for mm-hmm. us girls, we were like, in order to survive and to not get sent home, we had to 
find the flaws in all the other girls. And it was hard because we didn't know them. So it wasn't like we could say something specific about them. They're all strangers to us. So I, like, same thing on Rock of Love. Like, we're, the whole big thing was like, she's not really there for Brett. You're not really there for Brett. Is she really there for Brett? And that was kind of like the go-to thing right. on why to call someone out. So I feel like that was the same on, on your show too. That was just like the go-to. Like, she's not really here for Brett. Or, I mean, for Flav, you know? Yeah. So, and like, yeah, Prancer totally called it out. She did. She called it out, which was cool. It played to the storyline. Two chicks from Detroit. She knows I work in radio. So it it really, it really worked out to their favor. It didn't work out in my favor, obviously. <laughs> I got put it out. But it was cool because I got to get to know Prancer. I got to get to know Miami. I got to get to know Hotlanta and Buns. And like those are all like even Gravy. Gravy was cool as shit too, man. Like I got along with majority of the chicks in that house, but some other chicks, I could. Couldn't care less if I ever see them again in my life. <laughs> yeah, of course. I totally understand that. Trust me. But yeah, but you said, uh, I talked to you on the phone a little bit before this, and you were saying that you and Miami like really super bonded. And the two of you went on to do I Love Money afterwards, right? Yeah. And then Prancer too. I just remembered that because it's been so long. But yeah, Prancer was on there too, I believe. Was she? No, I think that was before she was going to be, but she never ended up making it on the show. I don't know. I have I to go back and look. I have to refresh season. my memory too. But um, <laughs> we got to watch our own season. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. I know. It's crazy because it's like you, you think you remember because you were you were there and you lived it. And then and then I personally went and watched all of the shows. I watched all the Flavor of Loves. I watched all of I Love New York's. And then you think you yeah. remember. And then but then it was like, well, that was like ten years ago when I watched all these shows. And I'm I'm actually just starting again to get re caught up and and going through all the shows again. So I haven't made it to the I Love Money's yet. But um, but yeah, those were like they were really fun. But it 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 was a long time ago, and there was just like so much that happened, you know. Yeah. But um, so. Uh, I actually want to talk to you about the skydiving challenge really yeah. quick. That is, first of all, that's amazing that you got to do that. And I, I'm i all for like crazy fun experiences. Like I, if, if somebody wants me to do like, hey, let's go, you know, whitewater rafting. I'm like, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. Skydiving yeah. is probably the only thing that I don't know that I could do. But at the same time, if it was something like your situation, I wouldn't want to like back out either and be the one that like didn't do it, you know? So yeah. how the hell did you get yourself to do that? I have no idea. I, I'm kind of the same way. Like I, I'm down to try anything once. I, I'm down for the thrill, but I do get nervous and I do want to keep my life. <laughs> yeah, saying? call me crazy. But, right, <laughs> Try yeah. not to die but to here. Your, yeah, but to your point of being in that situation, I was like, dude, like uh, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to win the date one that I didn't feel confident that I was going to win or not, but I ended up winning, which I thought was really cool. And to then follow through with it and actually go through the training because- I, I will say that was on my mind to do that eventually some point in my life. But to say that I got to do it with Flavor Flav and I told Flav, I said, listen, I want to be the first one to jump out the plane. I was the first one that jumped out the plane oh my with God. my tandem. The The thing that made it better for me was that it was tandem. And so obviously, you know, we had, but when we were free falling, he was, because we had the chance to pull our own shoots and he was pointing to my thing about, for the elevation. And I'm just like, I can't breathe because when you're free falling, it's like, like, yeah, the wind is going past you like a gazillion miles per hour. Yeah, and it, your cotton mouth, like you just smoke 20 blunts and you're just like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> and so, but then when you pull the chute, it's just like exhilarating. And then you just sit there. Flav ended up, and this is in the episode, he ended up pulling his chute like so before he was supposed to. So it took him forever to, <laughs> to come down from the sky. We were like, where's Flav? We're like, what the hell? We're oh like, there he is. 
Oh my God, that is incredible. That, yeah, you're right. Like if you're going to go skydiving, if it's going to happen, do a Flavor Flav. Like that sounds, that should be a show in of itself, like skydiving yeah. with Flavor Flav or like doing whatever like exactly. insane, like, you know, jumping off a mountain with Flavor Flav. That is, I, I don't even know. I think for me, the hardest part would just be like getting out of the airplane. Like I think, I feel like somebody would have to shove me out of the airplane in order to make it happen. Yeah. I, I was just like, what? I'm like, let's go, man. I don't, I don't know what came over me. I was just in it. I don't know if I would ever do it again though. I had, I had an opportunity to bungee jump and I passed on it because it just looked rickety and like I didn't trust it. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I heard, well, I heard that that actually is painful. Like I know somebody that bungee jumped and she said it was like, she felt like she was in a car accident the next day because it like yanks your body. So yeah, like, yeah, that sounds I, awful. No, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting older. Uh, my body's already being yanked in weird ways. I'm good, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have a hard enough time with gravity, okay? <laughs> let's not make it worse. Yeah, exactly. So, so let's talk about the producers for a moment because that's one thing I love chatting about on this podcast yeah. And people always ask if these shows are scripted. And I'm like, well, not like in the literal sense of the word, but they definitely have their influence and they their manipulation strategies for trying to get the story to go a certain way. And there's so many stories of like us cast members just doing our thing. And then like, you know, magically one of the producers like comes out of the wall, seemingly like kind of grabs you like, hey, <laughs> hey, so did you know so-and-so is talking shit about you? You know, yeah, or whatever. So, or you should go do this or that, you know. Did you yeah. experience a lot of that on your show? Yeah. There were not really so much for me just because one flavor flav, I didn't last that long, but I do remember some instances where to your point, they did pull me aside and they did say that, Hey, so-and-so saying this, you, you should go say this to them, but I'm not one for drama and, and, and like shit like that. And I know that's what those shows thrive off of is drama. <laughs> and so I, I, and for, I love money. I was very under the radar. I didn't really have a lot of drama attached to me. So they really didn't come to me for a lot of stuff. There were certain things like when the challenge with the chicken thrower thing, like <laughs> the they wanted me to pretend like I threw that challenge. And I'm like, no, nah, I didn't throw that challenge. Like <laughs> I was trying to actually like win, dude. But yeah, they, they definitely manipulate and maneuver how they want the storyline to go for sure, which I think they should. I think that's what makes a good show. Yeah, I think so too. And the thing is, it's funny because like the producers were like the gods of the show. <laughs> like we are like on this little planet, planet I love money or planet like rock of love or whatever. And they are like the gods that, you know, the, the puppet masters that are pulling the strings, you know? So they can see the whole thing. They can see things in ways that, that we can't. And right. on top of that, they it's funny because they they have story writers, you know, they are creating a story out of all mm -hmm. of this craziness, you know? And yeah. then so then they go like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if this happened or that happened? And then that's how they, you know, end up encouraging us to do certain things or go a certain way or manipulating or whatever. So it, it yeah. does make the shows really great, but it's... um. It's it is interesting how impactful they are with like their what they interject. Yeah, and now that I know that cuz I I love reality TV, I still do. I've been watching Survivor forever. I want to get on Big Brother. I've tried out for Wheel of Fortune. Like I feel like <laughs> That's awesome. I feel I feel like I'm the same. Like, I love all this. Dude, right? But I feel like going into something like that now and going through our our experience, but also watching these shows like, oh my gosh, I would just, and being able to communicate with people and build relationships with people, then you're, you're in, that's a shoe in right there, man. Yeah. 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 You're totally right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what was cool for you, as I said, is like, if, so you're going out there 
you're trying to build a, a career in rodeo a rate or rodeo. Are you you're doing a rodeo and I heard you riding, <laughs> you're riding bulls. You got your lasso. <laughs> we wow, do just, have a country station in my building, so I don't know. <laughs> one little letter completely changes the whole meaning. Okay, radio. This is how rumors get started. Quitting radio, you're going into rodeo. Um, it's funny because we actually had a, a woman named Rodeo on our season, so that's probably also what I'm thinking. I'm dead. Okay, so you you were trying to get into radio, and so you did the show, and even though you got sent home early, it did give you the opportunity to do another show, as we just said, I Love Money. So how yeah. long after you were done with Flavor Flav, did they ask you to do I Love Money? Was it right away? And when did you guys start filming? So I'm trying to remember that. I do remember I was going to Wayne State University because I was getting my bachelor's degree in communication studies. And so I didn't take that much time off from the radio when I did Flavor of Love, but I do know there was about maybe a year difference and I was leaving geology class and I had a phone call coming in from California and I'm like, what? I always answer phone calls coming in from California because you never know (laughs) And, and New York. And so I answered it. And they were like, yo, is this ice? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, hey, would you be interested in, you know, being on another show? It's called I Love Money Too. They told me all about it. And I was like, sign me up. Let's go. And so I ended up being on that show longer than Flavor of Love. I ended up in seventh place, which was pretty awesome. That's great. Um, Yeah, it was awesome. Not happy with how I went out, but whatever it is, what it is. Um, But I had to miss three weeks of college for that. And I remember coming back and just passing geology with a D. Like I still passed. And I I was like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going into rock science. I don't know. So yeah, I was was ecstatic. It was cool. And I I don't know why they decided to pick me, but I thought it was cool that they did. Yeah, very much so. Absolutely. I mean, we definitely have a, you have a big personality, so... It yeah, makes sense. That's why. Yeah. And like, and and not every single person on the show can be crazy because that would just be madness. Yeah. Like we need a couple of people yeah, who right. are like somewhat normal to, you know, to balance to everything. Balance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what, how, okay. So when you were getting ready to do I Love Money, you had already watched yourself on Flavor of Love. How did you perceive yourself and how did like your friends and family perceive you? Were they like super stoked for you? Yeah, they were stoked for me. They were like, oh my God, I still can't believe that you did that and that's you and you kissed Flame and oh my God, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but majority, everybody was like, that's really cool that you did that. And it's really cool that you were who you are. You know, I didn't put on an act and I didn't do things or say things that I wouldn't say in my real life. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think they're proud of me. That's I hope awesome. they're proud of me because I, it's not like I went out there and was reckless and, you know, was you know, bullying people or anything crazy like that. It was an experience. And, and, and yes, I learned a lot of stuff from that experience that I use now in my everyday life, you know? Yeah, 100%. And I think that's, that's really awesome. It's really funny because when I got done with Rock of Love, um, the show had been out for a couple of years. And I remember I got a phone call from a manager of rock bands. And one of his rock bands called Escape the Fate was getting ready to do a music video and the song was called You're Insane. And the music video was basically about the rise and fall of a reality star. And Uh so um, they were like, Lacey would be perfect for this character in this (laughs) music video for this band, Escape the Fate. Called me up and asked if I wanted to do it. I'm like, and I liked the band. I'm like, yeah. And it was like a cool storyline. It was gonna be really well shot. And it was really funny because, you know, I got on set and, you know, I I'm um I'm really good 
in those situations because I, I know how to be engaging with people. I, I'm very cooperative, but I also know how to stay out of the way, you know, and I also follow directions really well. So I was like super easy to work with. And it was funny because afterwards, um, the director for the video came up to me at the very end of the day and he was like, hey, thanks so much. I really appreciate your time. It was a really long shoot. And it was over a period yeah. of two days, like multiple locations. And it's so all it was- all day long. Yeah, it was intense. And- um, so the director came up and he was like, hey, you did you know, such a great job. Thank you so much. It was exactly what we like needed from you. I was like, thanks, man. And he goes, can I be honest with you for a minute? And I was like, sure. And he goes, I was terrified to have you be a part of this because I only knew you from Rock of Love and I thought that's oh. how you were. And when the band's manager was like, yeah, Lacey from Rock of Love, he's like, are you fucking kidding me? Really? Yeah, like, I can't afford that on my video shoot. And he ah. thought I was gonna be like shoving people into swimming pools or something. And so yeah. he, he said, the manager was like, no, 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 she's cool. She's cool. You gotta like, trust me. But he was like, I was terrified. And thank God you were super easy to deal with. And I really appreciated you. And I was funny because I was laughing about it. I was like, oh shit. I was like, I never even thought about that. Like, I wonder how many other circumstances that that has happened <laughs> and where people or, are like, or, yeah, or other people just perceive you like that because they never met you in real life. And that's how crazy it is that people can watch you on TV and get some idea of what they think you are. You yeah, know? totally. Crazy. Well, that part doesn't really bother me so much because I knew going into it that that was going to happen, you know? And yeah. also like, I was a big fan of I Love New of New York and I watched I Love New York. I watched her on Flavor of Love. So yeah. I knew that like just the, the regular people who are the viewers of the shows, that was going to happen. I expected it. But I never even thought about like, you know, career opportunities and stuff like that, you know? So right. fortunately that worked out. But for you, uh, it's really great because you were yourself and you were, mm -hmm. you naturally are this like very outgoing woman and big personality. And so that makes sense that people would see you on these shows. You can kind of use that to showcase yourself. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. So on I Love Money, when you first got there, what was your, I mean, th that was cast members from all kinds of different shows. And so were there people yeah. that you gravitated towards immediately? I mean, obviously Miami was there, so that was probably comforting for yeah. you. She she was definitely my go-to and definitely somebody who I was like, let's work, let's, this is me and you, girl. Like we got, we have a pass, let's use it to our advantage. And then uh, Buddha, while he was there for a while, I just really thought he was hot. And so I just <laughs> wanted to like hang with Buddha. Buddha's a good looking um, guy. He was so good looking and he's tall and he's muscular. Yeah. Anyways, uh, big lips. Um, <laughs> Do you need a moment? I can, I can give you a moment if you need a moment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's watching. Hit me up. Right? Um, no, TaylorMade was super cool. I, I definitely kicked it with him um, a lot. And I'm trying to like, remember, those were the only people that really stood out to me. 20 pack heat for the most part. Like I really wasn't like solidified with an alliance with them or anything like that. It was more so like me, Miami. I think MILF was on there too. Right. I think so. Yeah. I think anyway. so too. Yeah. 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 So did you have an idea of what you're going to do with this money? If, if you won, like, did you think you were going to win? Did you, did, did you like think it through in your head? Like, what would I do and how would that work out? I thought I was going to win. I wanted to win. Yes. And I think they asked us that question, like, what would you do with the money if you were to win this show? And I was like, well, I'm just starting out in radio. Like, I would love to, like, move out of my parents' house because I was still <laughs> living at home um, or, you know, pay off some of my student loan debt. Like, just really kind of start a life for myself as an adult. You know, like, I was really going to use that money for that. But I just wish I would have 
going back to what we were talking about with Flavor of Love, I wish I was a 34-year-old chick where, with the mind that I have now on that show because I could, I would have won that show. I'm glad Miami won it out of anybody, but if I would have stuck up for myself and not my alliance at that point in the game, I probably would have won that show. But instead, uh-huh. I gave it to my alliance, which was Miami, and I essentially, I gave her 250 grand. <laughs> yeah, wow. People don't understand. You mentioned Survivor earlier, yeah. and I'm such, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Survivor. My husband and I are obsessed with it. We like have binge watched all of them and we sit there and like, we can't just like sit there and watch a whole episode. We have to like hit pause and like analyze everybody's like strategy and stuff. But the thing is about these shows and a lot of people who are like sitting at home watching don't really fully understand. Integrity doesn't really work on these shows. You know, you really kind of got to be selfish. You really got to, it's like, you know, one, you know, you're just, you're on your own, one man for himself, you know? And, um, it, and it's hard. And it's funny because I had uh, Sinister and Chi Chi on a few weeks ago from Daisy of Love. And yeah. Sinister was on my season of uh, I Love Money season three, the one that didn't air. And so right. he was sent home first. And the reason was when we all got there, he was just like, I'm just going to take it all in. I'm not trying to like form alliances. I just, I want to get along with everybody. And I'm like, good luck with that. <laughs> because, yeah, you, you know. That's so funny though. Huggy, he did, he does afternoons for my radio station. He actually like did a song with Sinister. Oh, <laughs> really? Oh. Yeah, dude, like a while ago. And I'm like, what? That's, what a small world. <laughs> Sinister's awesome. He's really cool, dude. Small world. Yeah, yeah, very much so. But yeah, you you kind of like, you got you to gotta look out for yourself on these shows and you got to be selfish and you know, because otherwise, like, why are we going on these shows? We're going on the shows, like, you know, to make good television and and to freaking win. Like, if we can make right. friends along the way, then great. Then but cool. like, that's not why we are there. We're not like, you know, it's not like rock of let's all be friends with each other, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and that was probably my thing. I was 21 years old and I was looking at it like, cool, this is dope. It was like a party. I'm drinking whatever I want, eating whatever I want. Like, I treated it more like that versus where uh, the person who I am today, I'm like, ooh, I want to win. I want to strategize. I want to do this. You know, like I'm just, I've grown up. That's what happened. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. Well, you never know. Maybe there'll be another reality show at some point. You can like use all of this. There you go. Exactly. So one thing that happened that I thought was like really, really fucked up was the whole thing with it and your birth control. Let's talk about that. Yeah. You know, that sucked because they never aired it on the show. It was like, uh, hey, like, miss the show. Here's what you, or like, watch the show. Here's what you missed. But it would be like on the website as like, you know, bonus clips. And basically, and and I don't know if the producers put them up to this. I don't know if it was them. Like, I, I truly felt like they didn't have anything on me as like dirt or like use against me or anything like that. And so like, they just wanted to start drama. And I kind of felt like I was like being bullied in a way. Like what? Like, I'm not even doing anything to you guys. Like why, you know, Becky Buckwild and like, you know, some others. And I'm just like, I'm not even like, leave me alone. Like I hate toxic energy. And I'm like, leave me alone. That's so so you feel like you got targeted and bullied. Yeah, but for not even doing anything either because like they just needed to start drama to start drama or they were like being influenced to do that with me. Um, and what had happened was I traveled to Mexico. I was using the Nuvering at the time. Hey, I don't want kids right now, whatever. Right. Well, birth control. And you've got to keep it refrigerated. And so I'm traveling to Mexico and that's all time sensitive birth control ladies. You know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes. And, and so I kept it in the fridge. I told the producers like, look, this is my birth control. It says ice on it. Please don't let anything happen to it. I got to put it in a couple of days. Well, I go look to get it and it's gone. And I'm like, bro, 
Where wow. is my birth control at, dude? I'm walking wow. around. I'm like, I'm legit asking everybody. I'm asking the cast. I'm asking the producers and people are laughing. And I'm just like, where it? Like, I knew that they were in on it, but nobody ever told me where it was. I think eventually, like, and I was so mad because they claimed that I was like taking hormone pills and I was turning into a man or something. That's the only wow. thing that they wow. had on me, dude. And I'm uh. like, cool, bro. Cause I got a deep voice. That's what you're going to say to me. Like that ain't cool. I don't play that. So if that's how they want to be portrayed, fine. But that ain't my game, dude. That <laughs> is so fucked up to me because, okay, listen, I am not innocent by any means. I definitely was the prankster. I was the one that annoyed the living shit out of everybody around me on my shows. However, stealing your birth control, that's like messing with you medically now because I used to be on birth control as well. And I was on it for like many, many years. And I remember one time I went to go get a refill and something happened with like my insurance. And it was like, Friday at eight o'clock. And they're like, oh, we can't give you more because your insurance, blah, blah, blah. We got to like reconvene on Monday. I was like, fuck. And so (laughs) as all you ladies watching this, no, if you just stop taking birth control, it fucks you up. It It fucks you. Like you'll start bleeding a whole lot or not at all, or you'll get horrible cramps. All irregular. Yeah, yeah, all irregular. Or you'll be like super emotional. And like, (laughs) I mean, it is, yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's it's like devastating to your body and to your emotions to just stop birth control. Like when you're not, you know, so I mean, that's, that is super low. And uh, because as I said, it's it's now, we're not just like doing pranks and games. You're like, this is fucking with your body now, your, your yeah, hormones. Dude. That's yeah. nuts. And you never got it back? I never got it back. They never ordered me a new one. They did give me fit because it was $50. And I think they did end up giving me like a $50 per diem or something like that <laughs> or something to like make up for it. And wow. I'm like, that's, shit, dog. that's ridiculous. So how did you find out that it was it? And you said like Bucky wasn't, uh, uh, sorry, uh, not Bucky, Buck Wild, Becky, Buck yeah. Wild, um, and a couple of other. How did you find out that it was them? So they were going around to other people in the house telling, hey, we took ISIS, you know, birth control or whatever. Like they were in on it, but like they would just tell me like, yeah, I think they took it. And I'm just like, man, that's messed up, dude. Super messed up. Wow. That's like, that's unreal. That's crazy. Um, I mean, especially like, I don't know if it's worse that a dude did that or that another <laughs> woman did that. Because like with the dude, I mean, I imagine like there was a guy that was like taking testosterone, like we as a woman just like took his testosterone away from him. Like, yeah. you know, if he was taking supplements or, or, but also but like for a woman to do that to another woman, like we know the consequence of just like quitting birth control cold turkey is not ever, doesn't go well at all. So that's, oh, that's nuts. Um, so... And I'm sure, I'm sure the producers probably were involved in that some way as well. But um, I think so. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, also, one thing that I started becoming aware of as well because of this podcast. So a lot of people who watch the podcast are part of the LGBTQ community. Specifically, I have people who are trans who have reached out to me and given me feedback and stuff like that. And yeah. what's interesting is a lot of the show's like I'm thinking of Rock of Love Bus and clearly what you just said as well, kind of the go-to was to call girls a man and say they're they're a man. And, right. you know, and I, I didn't really think much of that, but it is interesting like how common that like came up. And then starting to do these, this podcast, a lot of the people who are trans who watch were reaching out to me going like, you don't understand how like fucked up that is and and yeah. how um, it's actually quite um, insulting to us, like the people in the trans community. So I was like, yeah, that completely 
makes sense, you know? But also I do feel, I'm not saying this as an excuse. I'm just saying this as a, as a um, explanation. I feel like a lot of like fucked up shit happened during those shows that 10 years ago, there was like slut shaming that went on that I feel yeah. that 10 years later, we are coming becoming a little bit more woke and a little bit more aware of like what's socially acceptable and what's not. So let's hope so. Yeah, yeah, there is that. I think you have a great speaking voice, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. It really took me a long time to actually be comfortable with my voice because I did have a very different sounding, unique voice. And I've always had people tell me like, your voice is so unique. You should like do something with your voice. And I'm just like, yeah, I should. And, you know, I did high school announcements and then like went to school for it. And I really grew into it. And now I love it. I love my voice because people recognize me. More people probably recognize me from my voice than they do Flavor of Love. <laughs> yeah. I've, you know what? It totally makes sense to me. Absolutely. And what's really funny, this is where women kind of like have a rough time in society because on the flip side of what you're talking about, Bubbles, who is on Real Chance of Love and also I Love Money, my season, she got messed with because she has a high-pitched voice, you know? So it's yeah, like, yes. it, like women, like you can't be th- too thin, but you can't be too thick. You can't have too deep right. a voice, but you can't too, have too high-pitched of a voice. Like there's this, it's like this whole Goldilocks thing. Like you got to fit right into this little mold or yeah. you're going to get called out for some bullshit, you know? So I feel like it's society like, is getting better with all that though. Yeah, it's like, can't I just be me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I say. So, um, well, awesome. And so, uh, Tell me again, who, who was it? Was it Safari that eliminated you? Safari eliminated me. I felt it coming. We just had, it was just an always back and forth with us. We I never strategized with her, which could have played to my fault, you know, and in, in getting booted out. But I just knew that she wanted me out of the house. I knew probably Becky influenced her to get me out of the house. And so I just felt that it was my time. Um, but I, the way it all planned out, if I wouldn't have gone, if I, I should have went with my gut, always trust your gut with stuff and not what you think you should do. Like if you like, no, yeah, I got to do this, do it. And I did it. And I stuck up for pe- other people versus myself. And that ended up biting me in the bud. And I remember the, the producers like, cause you had a chance to kind of, you know, give a campaign as to why you should stay. And they were like, what are you going to say? And I was like, listen, like, I'd be willing to work with you, I think, you know? And they were like, yeah, that's a good pitch. But it didn't end up working and they voided my check. Oh, that sucks. That sucks. Uh. That's the worst, the worst feeling. So one other thing I was going to ask you about, and this is hilarious. I totally forgot about this um, until the other day I was thinking about it. Uh, God, she's going to kill me if she watches this. But Tamara or Tamara, who I'm not, I'm not sure how to pronounce yes. her name. She was on Rock of Love. And the thing that was so funny is when she got eliminated, she couldn't find the exit. And then that was kind of like the just hilarious moment. She was like so pissed off and like wanted to get the fuck yeah. out of there. And then she like, I like, remember that. Yeah. And Brett was like, no, honey, no, not that door. This door. No, no, no not that, that door. The, the big door, the big giant door that is the one that you go in and out of. That, yes, that's the one. Yeah, that yeah. one, that one. And so it was just like, oh my God. It was just, it was so funny though. And so, so I remember on your, on I Love Money, she had like some crazy, crazy meltdown and it didn't have something to do with like, exiting? It was the same exact thing. I didn't think that she was expecting to get voted out, voted off. And, and she was really frustrated and just didn't probably wasn't like comprehending everything that was going on and was probably just kind of like starstruck and ended up going back into the house. But we were like, no, you got to go back that way. Like how the, like, 
by the pool, like that way, dude. <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay. I don't know. I, I felt bad, man, but oh, we were giggling, dude. <laughs> that poor girl. You know what? She's know. she's gorgeous. So I feel like that yes. makes up for it. So like it, it yes. makes it okay. <laughs> hey, you know what? I've had my moments too, okay? Right. Yeah, exactly. I think we all have. But it was it was pretty freaking funny. I like you gotta admit. And also, were you there when she had the whole meltdown, like with where she was like screaming at the cameraman and and um, that was like pretty oh, intense too. Do you remember that? I do remember that. And I, to going back to, I just don't like drama and I don't like being around like stuff like that. And so I knew that it happened, but I don't think I was actually like physically there while it was happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was just like over it, like done with like the camera, yeah. you know, the camera operators. And yeah, that was like, and it yeah. sucked because like the worst she was like, protesting against it, the worse it got for her. They were just like, you know, staying right in her face and everything. I'm like, damn, you yep. guys, <laughs> you guys that's, are vicious. That's your storyline. You know, it all depends on how, what you do and how you act. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, you do have control over uh, some degree. I mean, that, that yeah. especially when it comes to stuff like that. That's true. So, um, so, Oh, wait, were you going to say something? I was going to say, though, Frenchie in the house. She was pretty Frenchie. dope. I gotta, we got to give a shout out to Frenchie. Yeah, she is hilarious. And my yeah. favorite part was I really wish I could be like, sitting in the room with the editors as they're typing out the subtitles. <laughs> so when What's she's she speaking, saying? Oh, my God. Hilarious, hilarious, hilarious. <laughs> so funny. And But I love Frenchie because she's so unapologetically she, herself. Yes. Yes. Yeah, she's really great. So, um, okay, well, so let's talk about after the show. Like, obviously, as we start out saying, you're doing radio, which is awesome. And what other projects are you involved in? Yeah, so, you know, after that show, I was just like, man, like, that was fun. Like, let's keep this train going, man. And so I basically just went back home to Detroit and continued in radio there. I worked in Detroit uh, for Channel 955 for six years when I was there and then got my first full-time gig in Indiana, Fort Wayne. So rep the fort because I loved living there and I met really cool people and learned a lot. And, um, you know, from there I was on Hot 107.9, which was a pop station. And my then general manager, uh, we were, you know, selling the company, things were moving on and he had moved out to Portland, Oregon. And he was like, you know, just hang tight you know, let's, you know, figure some things out and, and see where things fall. And I ended up moving out to Portland, Oregon to be on Live 95.5, which is the radio station that I'm currently on. And uh, yeah, I've been on here for six years now. I just passed my six year anniversary of being on the radio here in Portland. And I love it. That's so awesome. Congratulations. Thank That's you. really great. I appreciate that. And one thing that I think is, is uh, really admirable and really cool that you're working on, you're doing something having to do with suicide awareness. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm always just trying to be an advocate for, you know, like you said, happiness. It's it's a choice and just like suicide prevention and just like do, doing what's best for you and your mental health and being on the radio, especially during a time like this, like I feel it's more important now than ever. And especially you like using your platform and using your voice and using who you are as a person to just talk about things and that's the most important thing is having a conversation. And September is National Suicide Awareness Month um, and, and prevention. And I'm partnering with AFSP, the Oregon chapter. And basically, you know, we're just, we're talking about it and we're putting it out there. And there's going to be, obviously with the pandemic, we're not going to have a walk like we did last year, but we are going to have an out of the darkness experience. That's all going to be virtual. And so like everybody's encouraged to join. And if you feel like you want to share your story to kind of help influence somebody else who may not 
want to share their story just yet, you know, influence them to talk and kind of figure out how to kind of like navigate through it and talk about it and live through it eventually. So that's the goal. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely proud to do it and I'm glad to do it. And, you know, being in radio, I've met so many interesting people in my life. And the only thing I want, I just want people to be happy. I just want people to just do what you love, man. And if you got to go through some shit, go through some shit. But don't be ashamed to talk about it and don't be ashamed to, you know, be you and and yeah, and, and ask for help if you need it. And so that's that's kind of what we're doing right now. But yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride out here. It's been it's been crazy. Wow. Well, good for you. I think that's amazing uh, that Thanks. you were involved in that. Very admirable. I, I think it's a really great thing. I know I told you over the phone uh, when we were chatting the other day that I lost my mom to suicide. And it was it was something I just did not talk about for the longest time, but it was very, very, very devastating to my psyche. And it was incredibly traumatic and it took years to get past it. And, you know, and, and literally, I mean, it's been like 14 years and I'm just now even being open about it publicly. Like yeah. I, I would talk to a couple of friends about it, but I, I wouldn't even post about it on Facebook. And every time it got to, this is what's really crazy. Every time it got to um, any kind of like, suicide awareness cause that I was learning about, I actually like, it made me really upset. I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even look at it from like an advocacy perspective because I was just so right. traumatized by it. But now that, you know, I'm, I'm starting to speak out about it. It's really good, these kinds of things. Because when it happened in my life, I know I felt very alone because I, I didn't really know yeah. anybody else who had lost someone to suicide. I didn't think anybody would understand. I didn't know how to even express how I felt about it, you know, because it was it was like my mom was the one who, who lost her life and it was very sad for my mom. And I felt like I was in a weird way, I was being like selfish for like making it about me and what it did to me, you know? Yeah. But, um, Oh, God, it's like still upset. See, it's been 14 oh. years. I still get upset. It's it's, it's hardcore. Yeah. But anyway, my point being is that it, people like you are amazing and great because it um, allows people to understand that they're not alone, whether they are the person who is feeling suicidal or if it's somebody who has lost someone to suicide or is fearful they're gonna lose someone to suicide. What you're doing is showing people that they're, there's not they are not alone. There is help. There are resources that they can turn to. So like, I really appreciate you for this. Thank you. And I appreciate you and I respect you for being able to now, you know, talk about it and kind of live through it and do what you feel you need to do to kind of help yourself to, you know, deal with it. And that's, and I think that's great. And I think, you know, anybody should just be open to the idea of at least just having a conversation with somebody. And if I can be that for somebody, please reach out to me. You know, you can find me at Dude It's Ice on any social network. You could just Google me and probably find me. And I'm sure you feel the same way, Lacey. Like, it's just, it's super important. And it's like I said, especially now more than ever, it's just like, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, so Dude It's Ice, which I love that, yeah. by, by the way, that's hilarious. So I'm going to put all of your information in the description below this YouTube video. So everybody go check that out. I will send you to all of her social media. You can catch up with everything she's doing. Well, Ice, thank you so much for coming on. It was such a, a joy. You're so much fun to talk to. And I really appreciate you coming and sitting down with me. Absolutely, Lacey. Thank you so much. And let's definitely connect on socials, dude. I would love to do more stuff like this in the future. Let's rock and flavor of love it. <laughs> yes, I'm right there with you. Hi, girl. Hi, girl. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> talk to you soon. Ah, oh, that was so much fun. I love her. She has like such a great personality. That was, that was really, I'm really glad that I got to bring her on. 
So you guys might be wondering, last week I had mentioned that Spirey was going to be coming on, and she actually still is. So I wanted to let you guys know not to worry. Unfortunately, she had a dental thing that she had to do this week, which is why I had to push her to next week. But she is definitely going to be here next week, so don't worry. And uh, I've actually got like a lot of really great guests coming up. I'm super, super excited. So you guys definitely, if you haven't subscribed to this YouTube channel already, please do because I've got some really, really, really amazing people coming up in the next couple of weeks. And I, I want to tell you now, but I kind of think it's, it should be a surprise. So just stay with me and uh, you are going to be super stoked when you see who I have coming up. But Safari is going to be next week. I'm really excited because I love Safari. She has such a big personality. She's such an awesome chick and, and uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. So um, in the meantime, as I said, if you guys want to support the podcast, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Make sure to hit the thumbs up if you like this episode. And also, if you really want to be even more supportive, then you definitely should become a contributor to the Talk of Love podcast. All you have to do is go to the website, talkoflove.net slash contribute, and you can sign up for all kinds of rewards. You can do monthly Skype chats with me, which are really fun. I have a lot of contributors that are doing the monthly Skype chats, and I feel like I've really gotten to know everyone and just like, what a great group of people. So much fun for me to get to know you guys. So I love that. You can also get video shout outs. And also, if you go to talkoflove.net slash reaction video, you can get reaction videos. You can get all of season one, Rock of Love, my reaction to each episode. You can have it all sent to you at one time. Those are a lot of fun as well. You can also sign up to be a contributor to get weekly episodes because now I'm actually working on Charm School. So you can get those reaction videos as well. So there's all kinds of stuff. So go check it out. There's also shirts for sale. So just go to talkoflove.net and like just look around. There's all kinds of cool stuff. So anyway, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you guys. And I will see you next Monday with Safari. And until then, take care of yourselves and don't threaten me with a good time. Bye guys.